welcome to the Weird Thing podcast episode three, Accessibility. I'm Suzanne, one of the five hosts, and today Joachim and Frigga are with me to discuss accessibility in modern inclusive heathenry. So maybe as a, an opening statement or a, an opening understanding of what accessibility is, could you maybe both define what you understand accessibility to be? Yes, I think accessibility is a, a pretty broad uh, concept. It is about making, uh, for example, an event accessible for people who are considered to be in some way different. Uh, this could be a disabled uh, person or a poor person or uh, a person of color. Uh, LGBTQI plus people, etc., etc., because <laughs> it would take us, I think, hours if we would talk about all these uh, groups and peoples in respect to accessibility. We will limit ourselves today with uh, to uh, dis uh, disabled people and accessibility for uh, concerning this uh, uh, disability. Mm -hmm. And I think, to me, it is, in fact, a very normal thing to uh, to uh, con consider, because when you're planning an event of some kind, you are uh, talking about accessibility needs anyway, because you're talking about uh, a venue that uh, should be uh, large enough or small enough that uh, probably you want to have the, fe uh, the venue to have uh, toilets and uh, maybe you like to to have a drink or to uh, grab a bite or, or of uh, something. Mm -hmm. uh, parking spaces, uh, maybe uh, it needs to be reached by public transport as well. And then it's quite easy to add uh, uh, other accessibility needs like wheelchair accessibility or maybe things for people with uh, hearing dis uh, dis uh, disabilities or food intolerances. It could be added uh, quite, uh, quite easily when you're talking about these kinds of stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. Frigga, what are your thoughts around how you define it? Uh, well, I think Jochem expressed it pretty well. When I was thinking about this episode, I went a little back, uh, or a little back, <laughs> almost 30 years back. When I, I almost from one day to another, um, was bound to a wheelchair and uh, couldn't move around anymore as I was used to. And then I was learning what it meant to be being disabled and, and um, what it is not to, to um, go in the train uh, any moment I wanted. Mm. I, by then it was still that I had to, to make a phone call and 24 hours before I want to travel, I had to make a reservation that they were willing to get me in the train and help me out of the train and it still went wrong often. Uh, but also small things. Um, also what it is 
um, I had to learn to deal with with what it was and and other people around me who were used to me as being healthy uh, had to deal with me in a different way. Maybe I'm a bit on the sidetrack, but this is what I have in my mind mm -hmm. with my misty brain. Sometimes I go in all kinds of directions except the proper one. So I slowly uh, learned what accessibility means. And I think the last couple of years, due to, to uh, inclusivity, there's much more attention for it. But as with many other things, as long as you don't have to deal with it or hardly deal with it, you are not aware of things and, and you don't think about what it means to be, be uh, accessible. So I think from both sides, we have to learn. And here too, as I always say, talk with people instead of about people. And I think that's what we want to achieve with this podcast in many ways. Mm. Uh, is learning what it is. And as Joachim said, some things are very simple and other things are, are but you need to, to make it your own. Yes, I like the, the point you raised there about it being a very individual experience of, you know, having to adjust, but what it takes to then be able to do the things that you want to be able to do. When I talk with people about accessibility, often people don't know what to do, which is only logical, I think, if you don't have any experience with it. And I think it is good to make clear that there is no such thing as 100% uh, accessibility mm. because uh, all people with dis uh, disabilities are different. And uh, to make a um, clear example, what deaf people need is what blind people exactly don't need and the other way around. Mm. Um, and so there are uh, a lot more extra examples of, of this. And I think that is exactly why it is important to, to talk with uh, people that want to attend an, an event about what they need. Mm. Uh, also, because a lot of the time when it's when talking about accessibility, people think, oh, yeah, uh, we should have ramp for wheelchair users. Mm. Which is a good thing, and you do need that indeed, uh, but it isn't all you need, and um, or not all you you may need, uh, because you don't need to have uh, sign language interpreters if there are no uh, sign language sign language users present. Mm. So you don't have to overdo it. On the other hand, if you uh, organize a huge e event for a lot of people, then it would be a good thing to have sign language uh, interpreters anyway. But if you just organize a, a smaller event for, I don't know, 20 uh, people, 50, maybe 100, then you probably will have a low budget as, uh, as well. And then it's much more important just to talk to uh, people who want to intend or who you would like to invite mm. about what they what they need on on access needs and then both uh, you can negotiate what is uh, what do people need uh, what 
can you offer and how can you meet uh, somewhere in the in the uh, in the middle i think to be able to maybe open up that event but as you say not having to look at sign language interpreters if that's something that people will not find useful exactly yeah yeah so don't uh, think for people what they need but uh, talk with people about what they really need. Mm. My mottos in life in general, don't think for people. If you want to do for some something for somebody else, then talk with the person or persons, because only they can tell you what they want or need. Or mm. And then you're valuing that individual and saying to them, yes, we want you at our festival, or yes, we want you at our ritual, or we want you at our camp. How can we make that experience easier for you? Yes, and at the same time, you are you are making it more easy for yourself as well, because mm. you don't have to assume what might be necessary. Uh, I am using a wheelchair part time as uh, as 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 well. So if you organize an event, you might assume that I need a wheelchair accessible toilet. But in fact, I, I don't because I can walk as, uh, as, uh, as well. Mm. So you would make it much easier for yourself if you ask me, what do you, do you need? And then being able to, to listen to that and understand what that kind of means. Um, I know I've been to a, a pagan event a few years ago where they very happily provided disabled access toilets and they went yes we've got them it's going to be great please come and when we went to see the loo block the the disabled access toilet was up a short set of stairs oh no so it wasn't on a a flat access and it didn't have a wider door to be able to get somebody with a mobility aid or with a a scooter or with a, a wheelchair wouldn't have been able to get through the door so yes they technically had a, a loo that they marked as disabled, but it wasn't fit for that exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah but for me, it's important uh, is that I know about the, the if I if talking about uh, uh, an event of, of more days where, where I also stay and sleep, that I know a bit about the building. Uh, because then I can, because the same as Jochem, I, I partly need a wheelchair mobility scooter and, and partly I can walk. Mm. And I also learned that in various countries, the, 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 what is said to be um, accessible can vary. And it makes, I mean, yeah, if I can remember one time in Germany and, and on the website was the, 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 the accessible logo, or, you know, the logo with the wheelchair. But when I got there, it's, you know, you have their hills and mountains. So um, the entrance, uh, I don't know if they call that the ground floor or the first floor, that uh, level was accessible. Mm -hmm. But there was also a lower level. But there was no, only a stair to the lower level. And then on the lower level where all the, uh, the rooms where the workshops and the lectures were. Oh, which no. means that I had to walk down the stairs or completely around the building. And I rather would have known that in advance. Mm. 
because then there That's is no the disappointment when you are there. From oh, <laughs> this is going mm. to be way more tiresome than 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 I expected. Mm. And that are simple things. From, from yeah, or put that in your your advertisement or point maybe out somebody. Um, for the event who is in charge with with all kind of things uh, about disability that you can ask that person mm. but yeah i think a lot of the organizers would have said oh but it is accessible because it is on on the website and they will have never thought that you know that the different in levels mm. without a, an elevator to me the building is not accessible and that's sometimes not the entire building is accessible of course that can be but if it's 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 an event with a lot of workshops and then the workshops are on a level lower. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit fun. <laughs> I had a fun week anyhow, but And that's why I think people should be explicit about what what is uh what is accessible and explain so the main venue is ex, uh, wheelchair accessible, uh, however, the workshop rooms aren't mm. or something or are, but you, uh, you have uh, to go outside around the building. Just just be explicit. Mm. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> when I um, ended up nearly 30 years ago, it was uh, only for a couple of years, that I really need, uh, uh, I only, uh, I really need to wheelchair for almost everything. I then I was still healthy, and I could move around my own uh, wheelchair. So, if I would go around, well, yeah, if it's nice weather, but if it's constantly raining and you have to go around a building, you know that that are all kind of things. Mm. It would be nice if people take it into consideration. And of course, as that I, I, if you are not never have to deal with it, you forget these things, and that is why again, and I will repeat that over and over and over again, <laughs> talk with us <laughs> because I'm still learning. Mm. And maybe somebody's needs might change over time or change day to day about what they might need to be able to access that. Oh so, yes. Yeah, thinking about events where you were talking about ones with workshops and ones with uh, ritual or ceremony and talks, but them not being accessible to you or not as easily accessible to you. So how much of an event, if you have an event like that or a big festival uh, or a, say a, a weekend or a week long uh, conference or something like that, how much of that event would you need to be accessible or to be recognized to to be able for you to be able to want to either book a ticket or to be able to contact the organizers and say can you tell me a little bit more about the access to, to this particular room because there's a lecture there i definitely want to go to well it's depending on the specific access access need and I have talked about my wheelchair and people often assume that is my uh, biggest uh, challenge. But when it comes to day long or several day long events, my 
uh, biggest needs are, uh, are, are my food. If I can't eat, uh, I have a huge problem. Mm. And uh, I am not able and basically, in fact, not willing to bring my, my own food if I have a weekend long or a week long event. That, uh, that would be silly. If a food is included for everyone, it should be included for for me as well. And of course, I am uh, more than willing to bring some food because I can understand that not all uh, cookies or uh, extras are uh, uh, provided. And that isn't a problem. But the main meals uh, should take my uh, dietary needs uh, in, in uh, con uh, consideration. And I would like organizer to be specific about the poss possibilities about that on uh, on a uh, on an event uh, page. Mm. And so, uh, if they are not able or willing or whatever, if my dietary needs aren't met, I won't uh, con consider uh, joining that event because I am just not not uh, able to. So my access needs are this basic that I don't come to to content even mm. if my access needs aren't met. Thing I look at is indeed the, the accessibility of the building or, or the premises. And uh, I first have to look at that if it's possible for me, what is possible for me, because I need to be able to think in advance how I uh, can get around things. Because for me, it is, um, I have um, chronic fatigue syndrome. I don't like the word fatigue because it is uh, more being constantly exhausted mm. and, and foggy brains. It is way more than, than fatigue. Um, so I need to, to spread my energy and that is one of the reasons why it is important for me to know things in advance because then I can, um, how to say that? Yeah, think about how I can deal with stuff and how I can, uh, yeah, sometimes mm. I need to go and lay down a lot and, and so then the, 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 that's the first. And then I will look at what is the, the, the offer for the, what is the program? And I mean, even when I was healthy, I wouldn't attend everything on the program. Mm -hmm. And to me, um, yeah, the willingness of, of people in this case, we are talking about events is the organizers is, is that they are open and, and willing to listen to people. And what Jochem said, you know, you find somewhere in the middle and maybe that's not possible, but maybe some other things are possible. Mm. And yeah, even then, if, if I would have in advance, uh, uh, you know, oh, okay, I want to uh, that lecture and they will, um, you know, arrange the lecture in, in a, a room that is accessible for me. I don't have to walk up the stairs. Maybe that day I can't go there because I'm too tired. Mm. So that's always, and then I, you know, you have this feeling guilt and, and, and all that kind of thing. So it's all always searching. It never will be easy. No, no, Andy, I can appreciate that with some of the big 
like the big general pagan events I've been to, the sort of three and four days, they often have items on the program that are back to back or they overlap. And that gives very little time for things like rest breaks or being able to just step away because it's too intense a social situation and you need to just have that quiet space for half an hour before you go back into a a whole marquee full of people who are learning to drum and it's very loud and that then cuts into your your rest time and the time that you need to just recuperate to be able to go to the next thing that you want to go to and for me that is a thing that i am willing i would prefer if workshops uh, would have uh, a decent amount of time between them uh, so I can have uh, a short rest, uh, I can have uh, a drink, a bit of food and wind down before I go to the next But I understand that isn't always possible. So that is what I said. Uh, I am prepared to uh, just skip a workshop uh, and get my rest while others are doing a, a second workshop. So I ha- um, have a bit of energy again for the third workshop. Mm. So some things for me are really uh, mandatory because it's this basic access, access need that it has to be met because I am not able to part, uh, part, participate otherwise. And other stuff are are not that mandatory, but it would be really nice if it was uh, pro, provided. Mm. been organizing uh, events myself. And already for a long time, I think that we often try to put way too much on the program and, and way too much different things. And I think that there... Um, yeah, should way much indeed what you said, Suzanne, more time between uh, workshops or lectures, a longer mm-hmm. break for, for lunch, a long, longer break for, for uh, evening meals, so that there is also way more time to socialize. Because if you're only running from one workshop or lecture to another, you'll have hardly time to socialize. So. I don't mind if I have to skip. Yeah, sometimes I mind if I have to skip workshops because I'm just too exhausted. Mm. But often in front, I like to look through the program and, and okay, that's one I like, that one I like. And, and I mostly uh, choose only one or two a day. Besides the fact I have to mention that I also often gave workshops myself. So I had to think about that as well but yeah you know slow down relax your weekend or day away and why should we put it so full of of everything and that sort of socializing time that getting to know people in the in the community getting to know other heathens is kind of at the heart of almost who we are as as communities and making that those events accessible means that we get to be able to include more members of our community in what we do. Yes, indeed. And so, yeah, maybe thinking about, you were talking there, Frigga, about the fact that you've organised events and kept these accessibility things in mind and given lectures at those events and then gone to other lectures as well. And, yeah, giving 
giving sessions, giving workshops can be really tiring in itself. So maybe what are some of the things that organizers can be mindful of when they're planning events, right from sort of big, huge, big camping events or festival, multi-day festivals down to maybe just even a kindred meeting in a particular space. What are some of the things that organizers might want to look at being mindful of to be able to open that event up to as many as possible? I think we have, have been mentioning these things already. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking now a bit more in general. Um, my mind is always spinning into to, to all kinds of directions. As I said before, if this this overcrowded programs in, in, in days or gatherings is why we want that. That there is so much. Uh, it's great on one hand, but do we need to be entertained from from seven o'clock in the morning until three o'clock at night? <laughs> That's something. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I think the entire world needs to slow down, not even within hidden circles, but it is something to think about. Just, you know, hanging around with each other, thing, sitting. And I think some people do that on, on gatherings. They don't hardly go to, to, to any lectures or workshops. They mainly sit uh, and talk. And But I think that that is something which could be more in our minds to think about. Yeah, maybe I could add that uh, be clear about what you offer. Be clear about what do you organize, when, where, for whom, uh, how, but also about costs and uh, accessibility. Mm -hmm. And use a contact that people can, uh, or a contact person that people can contact if they have questions on any of those issues. Mm. Also, so people know uh, what they can expect and know that if they have questions, who, uh, that, it, that it is okay to, uh, to uh, contact. So, so you show that it isn't weird if people would like to contact you about access needs. Because mm. a lot of people are so used to uh, an inaccessible world that if you don't mention any information uh, about uh, accessibility, people will assume it isn't accessible. And not all people are activists like Frigga and, uh, and, and me. Uh, so not everyone is, is willing or has the energy left to again contact people about this is what i need can you can you meet those needs mm. yeah i think that's a it's a really important point that if you if you are organizing something even if it's just a kindred meetup if you're not putting on there we can adapt this or we can uh, provide accessibility then exactly. you know, you're right people will assume that it's not um, mm -hmm you lose those members of the community exactly mm. and i have talked uh, talked to people about accessibility and provided workshops on the issue and i am sure surprised that a lot of people uh, a lot of organizers of events think that 
accessibility is very, very uh, ex uh, expensive or it is a huge burden for organizers to make an event uh, accessible. And on the, on the contrary, often it's just a matter of thinking about it and uh, doing it. And it is a lot of the time the little details that make an event accessible or not. Like mm -hmm. we said, just mention one or two lines on your website about accessibility or just mention uh, if you have any concerns about accessibility, please contact us. And then that is uh, where accessibility starts. And then but what you say, just a few lines on, on, on the website or the flyer, <laughs> that means that I'm visible and that I'm there. And that already makes a lot of difference. Mm -hmm. You feel way more being part of it. You uh, feel way more welcome. You feel valued as an individual for the whole of who you are. Oh. Exactly. And not just the part of you that's heathen and wants to go to a ritual, and but would find that challenging. Yes. And the interesting thing is that a lot of the accessibility needs of people with disabilities are beneficial for everyone. Like Frika said about having a good program and having rests between par uh, different parts of the program is beneficial for everyone. Mm. And, and I have an uh, attack of brain fog as well because I thought about a second thing and it's completely vanished. So oh. maybe it pops back at some time. That's so familiar. <laughs> and I'm still a bit nervous and insecure about making a podcast because I have that a lot of time. And I think these are things too to talk about, about accessibility. Mm. It, 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 it's, it's, you know, giving people time. Uh, no, what I wanted to say, because I have partly <laughs> my, my, was was suddenly taking over um is is the invisible and then you get to neurodiversity but also to me and um, partly to you Jochen as well because if you're not in your wheelchair people can't see anything about mm -hmm. the outside that that mm. I have special needs and I can remember from long long ago that I had so many remarks but you can't see anything I really had, I wish that I had a broken leg with, you know, nine times broken with all these pins that it's mm. just visible on the outside that there is something wrong and that I can't walk. And this, this disbelief and, and, and all kinds of things makes it sometimes so hard and makes you so small. And I also think, yeah, partly a lot of, a lot of things changed, but that still is that you can't but that is likewise for me i i can't see if a person is deaf or i can't see if a person has autism or anything else and due to that special needs and how do you deal with that and you mentioned activism i'm more <laughs> an activism uh, about climate than on this level but maybe more than i think um i was reading about it how to deal uh, with disabled people and people with, with special needs uh, within actions. You know, when you rise up and go out in the street and, and a lot to find on that in on the internet as well. And one of the things they come up with is that you wear buttons. 
where, uh, in specific colors so that, that people can, uh, or at least uh, some people, you know, see on that way uh, if you're deaf or if you are uh, whatever. Mm. And some people like that, and same as I, and some people know, because then you have to make visible that you have special needs. So there are all, all yeah, kind of things to think about. How do you deal with it? How, how? Because I have the two. Part of me, uh, when I go to, to a meeting, uh, it feels great that people don't know that I have a, a, a chronic fatigue, don't know that I'm disabled. And on the other hand, it can be... I wish they knew because then they would uh, pay a little more, more attention uh, to it and stuff. So there's always this. Yeah, and thinking about disabilities that maybe aren't as easily visible. So for somebody who has um, hearing loss on one side, it may be as simple as if you are doing ritual to stand them on a particular side of the main speaker so that they can hear what is going on. And for exactly. somebody who has maybe needs something in large print if they're coming to a, a two-day festival to have that program in, in bold or in larger print so that they can have their own copy and they're not asking somebody else to read it for them but they can have an independence about when and where they read that and when and where what things they can decide they want to access. Oh yes that reminds me that a lot of the time People say, oh, but I can do this and this. Uh, no, no problem at all. And that really is very kind. But it's then I am lacking the thing that uh, then I am still the dependent. Uh, so that is exactly what you said, uh, Suzanne. It's I like to have my autonomy because in daily life, uh, I am dependent on uh, all kinds of uh, services and other people and stuff that annoys me a lot of the time. Mm. So when I go to an heathen event uh, or a pagan event, I like to do uh, myself what, what I am able to do myself. And when I want to and not when it is convenient for another person uh, to assi assist me. So it would be great if people could uh, understand that. And maybe give people the choice. Yeah, because other people in, in the example you gave about large print, maybe some uh, short-sighted uh, uh, people like uh, to be read and other people uh, with uh, low, low vision may prefer larger texts. It's, uh, it, it, it also is personal. I like to wheel my wheelchair, my, my, but other people um, may prefer to be, uh, to be pushed by other people. Mm. So we circle back to that point that we touched on at the beginning that accessibility people's experiences of their own disabilities are very very personal and what mm -hmm. one person may need in accessibility another one may not find that as helpful and may need an adjustment another adjustment making yeah exactly and yeah i think that's a 
a really good way to sort of circling back to where we started at the beginning perhaps is is a good way to to sort of you know coming to to a close of this episode about maybe organizers looking to talk to people and treating them as individuals and not assuming that accessibility means providing a ramp and nothing else oh well we are accessible we have provided a ramp well that's good but it might not be adaptable to everybody's access needs <laughs> yeah exactly so i would like to thank you both for making some excellent points and discussing accessibility on this episode with me um, our next episode of the weird thing will be looking at the intersection of gender in heathen faith and looking at how that intersection happens what kind of things it affects if you want to look us up online you can find us at theweirdthing.com and on facebook instagram and twitter at the weird thing so please join us all next time for the next episode bye bye bye